Welcome to Island Watch. Each week we explore an island by watching a TV show or a movie. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. Hi, I'm Dave Zarg. And I'm Gemma Voss. Welcome to Island Watch, the podcast that virtually visits islands all over the world. This week is a mini episode, our first. We'll be visiting Magnetic Island. Magnetic Island. It's an island that I've been drawn to for some time. Uh, are you punning me? No, it's just the kind of place that really pulls you in. Okay, there is a certain attraction to Magnetic Island, and it's not just the wordplay. The island is off the coast of Queensland in northeast Australia. I'd never even heard of it before, Dave, had you? Well, George Harrison lived there. Well, actually, he lived close to there. He and his wife Olivia built a South Pacific-style holiday home on Hamilton Island, which is about 260 kilometers away. That's some solid Beatles trivia, I, I would never have guessed. So, do you know other things about the island besides Beatles trivia? Well, it's 52 square kilometers in size, and slightly more than half of that area is a national park and bird sanctuary. There are about 2,300 permanent residents, and it's a popular tourist destination. Now, do you know how the island got its name? I looked it up, and I found out the story goes that whenever ships would sail past, things like sabers, pocket watches, drinking mugs would just go flying off the ship onto the island. Well, that sounds a little bit fishy. Well, the accepted story is not too far off. Apparently, when Captain James Cook sailed by in 1770 on the Endeavour, he thought that his magnetic compass was being affected by the island. Not, it didn't fly out of his hand, but you know. Long before Cook's arrival, though, Aboriginal people lived on the island. That's right. The Wulgurakaba people are the traditional holders of the island, and they were able to maintain their way of life there until the mid-1890s when Townsville Port was established eight kilometers away on the mainland coast. Things changed with the arrival of more European settlers. By the 1930s, most of the people had been forced from their traditional lands and were forced to live in missions on the Australian continent. There's another important fact about Magnetic Island, and that is that it's one of over a thousand islands and keys within the Great Barrier Reef World Heritage Area. So that area is, it's 348,000 square kilometers, which is pretty sizable. It's just slightly smaller than the country of Germany. This week, we watched Izzy's Koala World, which takes place on Magnetic Island. The show is really easy to find on Netflix, and depending on your country, the name might be slightly different. Maybe something like Izzy B's Koala World. There's a bit of variation. Dave, what is the show about? Well, it's it's a delightful series. It's really kind of intended for the whole family. It's about a young girl who lives on the island with her parents. Her mom is a veterinarian who tends to a lot of the koalas on the island, and this young girl, Izzy, helps her mom doing that. I'm Izzy B. My family and I rescue koalas. My mom's a wildlife doctor. How is Juliet doing, Mom? I think she's doing really well, Is We help sick koalas get better. 
That's how to listen to her. When the koalas are ready, we release them back into the wild where they belong. Yeah, I like that her name is Izzy Bee, not Busy Bee. It's um, I-Z-Z-Y. Because she is a she's a go-getter. They have a backyard full of enclosures, just little sheds, basically, that house koalas that are brought to them or that they find in the wild that have been injured, including things like this, I did not know, ant stings to their eyes, which can really um, set their health back big time. So I guess that Izzy is probably 10 or 12 years old, and she's really living a dream life for a kid. She She's very responsible. She zips around on her bike, collecting armfuls of eucalyptus that she brings back to feed the koalas. Yeah, she's a very responsible, caring kid, but she is still a kid. One of the things I enjoyed was the the kid-generated names that she gives to the koalas. She has names like Storm Boy and Chompy, and I think I can guess, Dave, which koala name is going to be your favorite. Well, yes, that would be Leia. With her big fluffy ears like buns on the side of her head, it reminded her of Princess Leia. So that's why she named this one Leia. Yeah, it's kind of funny because in episode, I think it's episode three, there's eight, eight episodes altogether? That's right. Yeah, there's there's eight episodes and they're each about 15 minutes long. So it's a really easy show to watch. Right. So in episode three, Leia gets the sniffles. You can tell it's 2020 because my first reaction was, oh no, can koalas get the COVID? But yeah, no, it wasn't COVID. It was it was just a cold. She didn't even have to have a test. And I learned a lot from Leia. She taught me animals have feelings and their lives matter as much as our lives do. And I'm going to take everything I learned from Leia and put it into caring for Chompy and any others that come through. It's changing and there's a lot of animals that need help, especially koalas. Things are really hard for them right now. Even though not everybody can run a koala hospital, you can do like the smallest thing like plant a tree. That's where a koala could live. Planting one single tree provides a home to so many. Another thing I really liked about this show was the scenery. One one scene in particular that just I loved so much was Izzy is sitting in the sidecar of a motorbike that her dad is driving and she, she is literally it almost looks like she's in a little bamboo forest that's how much eucalyptus she has in the sidecar with her and they're just driving down the road and then they go by this field and off in the field there's I don't know a dozen maybe little joey kangaroos hopping around it pretty much was like oh that's Australia. Forget shrimp on the Barbie. That looked like the Australia I like to imagine. Because this is a mini episode, we're going to jump right into the ratings and we've changed our rating system. Well, we're adding in actually. That's right. Actually, we're adding another level onto our rating system because Izzy's Koala World made us see that 
we had a gap, we had a hole there. We realized we needed to change things. So Dave, first off, we're going to do the island rating, which is how much of an island visit do we feel we got from this island watch? What rating would you give it? Well, as I say, the scenery was beautiful. I really liked what we saw of the island, but it wasn't really clear that it was an island from what we saw. We we didn't see the ocean really that much. It was all seemed to be inland. So it it could have been on the Australian mainland. So in that sense, it wasn't really an island feel. I felt that it was kind of a, a view from a coastal highway. Yeah, I am going to agree with you. It was a number two out of five on our scale of making you feel like you're on an island. View from a coastal highway. I really like the laid back feel of the show there's you know everybody's walking around barefoot they're just wearing tank tops and jean shorts and it's just like it's just a working day they're out there with the koalas and it it had that kind of island laid back feel but you didn't really get a lot of the visual of the island that's why we've decided to start this new additional rating or recommendation just to answer the question you know would we recommend this show to a friend Right, so we're going to do another scale of one to five, one being not, I wouldn't recommend it, five being I would unhesitatingly recommend this. So what would you say, Dave? Well, I found this a delightful series. I really enjoyed watching it, and I would highly recommend it to anyone for a a diversion and a wonderful view into a young girl's world involving these lovely koala bears. So I would give it a five. Yeah, and same thing. I felt I felt like we were letting the show down if we only gave it a rating of two in the island feeling because there's a lot more that the show has to offer. So I would give it a five. I'd recommend it to anyone. I think one of the... It has a lot of things going for it. One, anybody can sit down and watch this. Yeah, it's definitely family-friendly. And I feel like right now... You know, there are times where you just want to hug. <laughs> you just want to hug. And there is a lot. This is probably the most hug-heavy show I may have ever seen, come to think of it. The koalas are constantly hugging the humans. The humans give the koalas a lot of hugs. It's just, it's just a warm, fuzzy hug on your heart. And the koalas really are unbelievably adorable. That makes the show entirely worth it and we're headed back on board now and we're setting sail for another port join us next week when we return with another full-length island watch adventure in the meantime follow us on twitter at island watch cast send us an email our address is islandwatchpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website for show notes and more at islandwatchpodcast.com. Fair winds and calm seas.
This has been a production of Phosphine League. Phosphine League. Phosphine League. Phosphine League. In this episode, you saw me and my family helping wild animals. If you see an animal that you think might be sick or injured, don't approach it, tell an adult and ask them to call a trained professional.